This Crayon 301 Betting Picks edition of the NASCAR Gambling Podcast here on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is brought to you by Circa Sports. Circa Sports is back with their Circa Survivor and Circa Millions contest. $14 million up for grabs. Get all the details at CircaSports.com. Drivers, start your in and pull those belts up tight as the Sports Gambling Podcast Network presents the NASCAR Gambling Podcast. I'll wreck my mom to win a championship. I'll wreck your mom to win a championship. With all the news and the best bets for your NASCAR weekend. It refrains me from not beating the out of you right now because you ask me stupid questions but since i'm on probation i suppose that that's uh, improper to say as well if you could talk about racing things we could talk about racing now here are your hosts rod via gomez and cody zeeb I can honestly tell you not a day goes by that we are not talking racing things. It is, of course, the NASCAR Gambling Podcast here on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. He's Cody Zeeb. I'm Rod Gomez, and racing things is exactly what we're here to talk about. We return to normalcy, Cody. We've had a <laughs> cracked out couple of weeks, and uh, we're going now back to a track that these guys know well. It is, of course, Latin New Hampshire, the New Hampshire Motor Speedway, the Magic Mile, the Mile Flat track that just uh, keeps on giving and Cody I, I don't know about you but I'm looking forward to actually having a race kind of go the way we expect it to at this point well uh let's let's bump the brakes on <laughs> it actually going the way we expect it to as much as we think maybe this is a normal week we might end up on rain tires or or sorry Ugh. wet weather tires not rain tires don't be mad when they're not racing in the rain they're wet weather tires not rain tires for the record but uh, yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, obviously going back over the last two weeks, Chicago street course, we'd never seen anything in that like it in NASCAR history. We had no idea what to expect. Obviously results end up crazy. SVG wins, uh, all of that. You know, we had the late, the late changes on things and they changed the, the distance and all that fun stuff last week, super speedway. We know how that goes. That played out exactly how we thought it would by being crazy, being unpredictable. Now we finally get a track that is quote-unquote normal. They only come here once a year, but they've been doing it for a long time. Uh, it's been on the schedule for a while, and we kind of know more what to expect here. There are some actual comparable tracks, for the most part, that you can look onto. We've had some tracks recently, too, where it's like, uh, this is kind of in between a bunch of stuff, and there's nothing exactly like this one, but there are a few other tracks that race just like this one. Um, and so we've actually got more data, more stats, more facts to actually back up these bets and less unpredictability now of course there seems to be unpredictability every week now in nascar but for the most part should be a much more predictable week and should be certain ways that uh, that goes which uh, it's been fun the last couple of weeks right we got to throw our darts got to have a little fun got to take it easy now we can get back to being a little more serious and uh really honing in on what we're wanting to bet this week. NASCAR script writers hard at work trying to put together what to expect on this one. Like we talked about too in the uh, in the recap when we were kind of looking ahead a little bit toward the weather. Yes, there is a chance of rain. I think it's raining now, right? Bob Parker said that yeah. I think it's raining now. It's been, 
the whole East Coast is like flooding, basically. Yeah. So it's uh, it's been a lot of rain lately. It's been raining now. It doesn't matter what the weather people say will happen because that's generally inaccurate, anyways. Uh, yeah, that's about all I got. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and and I'm telling you right now, like I said, it's July East Coast. Can we just like settle into some summer weather? I'm I'm tired of all this rain. I'm tired of all these delays. I'm tired of everything being up in the air. Let's just pray for no rain and a nice, quiet race for the most part. Uh, speaking of which, you talked about them coming here a long time. 1993, first cup race here. Rusty Wallace took his Pontiac across the finish line to win the first race at Loudoun. The last driver to do it, Christopher Bell, last year in July uh, to win this race. Took his, of course, Toyota across. No cardboard in that race, though. I'm real quick looking at the weather here. Uh, there's a sun tomorrow and then it shows rain clouds on the daily all the way through Tuesday. So that's fun. That's not fun. Uh, yeah. So I just to, to, to finish up that, who knows what to expect as far as that goes. They do have the wet weather package. Again, if there's lightning, they're screwed, right? You're not going to race in the lightning. If it's raining probably at all other than light mist, they're probably not going to race in it. The wet weather package is, is for, like we saw at Martinsville with the truck series, like we saw at North Wilkesboro, a little bit wet track before it gets dried. Oh, and guess what, Rod? There's no lights in New Hampshire. So Mm-mm. throws another wrinkle into the mix. Ugh, oh, boy. But, hey, we're uh, yeah. doing this We're doing this old school. If it gets dark, everybody's going to park around the track and turn their headlights on. Turn the headlights on, and uh, we'll finish it out that way. But, uh, yeah, I mean, going back, like you said, they've been coming here a long time, 1993. Rusty Wallace and the Pontiac, you gotta love that. Uh, I got my got my Rusty Wallace bobblehead right here, even. So there you go. Oh, look at that Rusty Wallace appearance on the YouTube channel. And uh, yeah, Christopher Bell won it last year. Probably should have won it the last two years in a row. Uh, Eric Almarola won two years ago, but Bell was running Almarola down when uh, NASCAR shortened the race because of darkness, and uh, Bell did not get the chance to catch him and finished a second, I believe, in that race. So uh, Bell has this track figured out. He's been good. JGR overall has been good. I think we're going to talk about that quite a bit today. And, uh, yeah, this should be should be another good one. You know, for as deep a pockets as the motorsports, uh, you know, the, the motor, motor speedway company has, you think they could put lights in Loudoun. I don't know. Maybe it's a New Hampshire thing. Maybe they don't like lights in New Hampshire. Maybe they want it dark all the time. <laughs> well, and so you wonder, so, like, you look at like, tracks like Talladega don't have it. Like, it's two and a half miles. Like, that's a lot of surface to cover. That's a big project, right? You go to Loudon and it's like it's only a mile track. So uh, again, it's not cheap by any means, but like you said, they've got the money, they've got the means for it. But then you wonder, you know, some of these places have town ordinances. I don't know if it's in town. Like, there's a lot of other things that go into it. So uh, NASCAR only comes here once a year. Maybe if it was twice a year, it'd be different. I don't know, but uh, yeah, I guess they've they've decided to forego the the light investment and. It'll be like Wrigley Field pre like 1990 or whatever the hell they played. They played at Wrigley Field for way too long with no lights. <laughs> whatever. The state's tiny. The track's tiny. Put lights around the damn thing already. I, look, we'll start a GoFundMe and get you guys some lights. That's I don't I don't there care at go. this point. Uh, Can all we right. get them up by this weekend? That's the question. I'll tell you, if I win this circa million, $14 million, I will put lights around Loudon, New Hampshire, and we will have 
night races there. Circa Sports and Circa Millions. If you win this, you can do it too. Uh, you can do this through Circa Millions and Circa Survivor. They are back. $14 million in guaranteed prizes are up for grabs. For the Circa Millions, pick five NFL picks against the spread each week. And of course, Circa Survivor. It's like any other Survivor game you play. Just play, uh, pick a different Moneyline winner each week and hope you survive. You can enter in Las Vegas to play and play from anywhere around the probably world. It's the internet. Why not, right? It's uh, definitely a large, large planet, and you can play so long as you enter from Vegas. And if you are there in the last week of August, catch Sean and Ryan from the Mothership, the Sports Gambling Podcast proper. We'll be out there hanging out with the Circa Sports crew. You want more details? Go to CircaSports.com for all of them. CircaSports.com. I'm telling you right now, I win that money. Loudon's getting lights. <laughs> there you go. That's a good way to spend it. I went to uh, a Nebraska at Northwestern football game. It's been quite a few years ago, but Northwestern, it was a game, and Northwestern does not have lights in the stadium. And so they literally brought in like portable lights, like, uh, you know, on generators and put them up and played the football game. So, uh, uh, you know, why can't we do that this weekend? Who knows? But uh, anyways, let's move on from from the darkness, from the rain, and uh, yeah, on to brighter news. <laughs> yeah, indeed. Again, if my flag football team, Turkey Day, can get out lights, you can too. All right. Uh, yes, yeah, so big news uh, that we already knew. Everybody knew this. This was the yes, worst kept like secret. Like Bob said, the wor worst kept secret in the garage area, right? Indeed. This was uh, second to the Josh Berry news. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, Anheuser-Busch, a major sponsor in the sport. They've been in the sport for a long time going to move over from Stuart Haas Racing to Trackhouse and be on Ross Chastain. If they don't make a Bushlight watermelon, the entire marketing team <laughs> should be fired because, I mean, they've been doing the apple, the peach, right? Uh, you got to do watermelon for mm -hmm. Ross Chastain. Like, if you're going to have this partnership, you got to do it. So, huge for Trackhouse, huge for Chastain. Obviously, they believe a lot in him, um, and, and obviously, the talent is there. He's shown his flashes. Um, and as some people have commented, drives like he's drunk sometimes. So <laughs> there is that. Uh, <laughs> but uh, and I think it's it's great for Trackhouse, obviously. Um, and like Derek had talked about when I had him on a couple weeks ago for the recap with Chicago, like, look at what this team has been able to do. Look what they've been able to build. Like their resume already in the couple of years they've existed. They've got both drivers who, who had been around at all kinds of different rides, finally got their wins. They bring in a, a ringer who gets a win. Uh, they've brought in all these partners. They brought Pitbull to the sport. They brought so much to the sport. They've built such a good team. They've made it to the final four. They've made the playoffs, I think, three times out of their four possible chances or whatever. Uh, all this stuff have, they've brought in. Now they get a legendary NASCAR sponsor. I mean, I'd have to go back and look, but Anheuser-Busch has been in the series for a long time. Obviously, they've been with Kevin Harvick for a while, both at Stuart Haas and RCR. They were with Everham before that and Casey Kane. They were with Dale Earnhardt Jr. for a long time. They were with Hendrick Motorsports for a long time on that 25 car. I mean, you're going back and back and back. Anheuser-Busch has been around. They used to sponsor the Bush Series. Now they're, uh, you know, one of the primary sponsors of the Cup Series, uh, along with, you know, Coca-Cola, Geico. Uh, so they have been a big part of the sport. Also, I think it's important to note what a huge loss for Stuart Haas, right? Like, they have struggled big time. Every team except the one that's sponsored by the Anheuser Busch team, right? Uh, but this is a massive hole for them. Like it's a massive void. It appears this deal was done before John, before even Josh Berry, you know, before they knew he was going to come over. Like it's been in talks for a long time that that this was likely going to be what was happening. But 
now that that sponsor is not going to stick with the four car for Josh Berry. And so does is Josh Berry bringing anything to the table? Who else jumps on board for Josh Berry? Uh, we know that Gene Haas has a lot of money, right? He's, I think he's the, the richest NASCAR owner. Uh, Michael Jordan maybe gives him a run for his money, I guess now. But Gene Haas has a lot of money, right? And, and so big question marks, though. Like this is, this is a huge, huge loss for the entire Stuart Haas organization to lose a, a solid partner like that. And not only have they been on the four car, they've been on the 14 car multiple times. You see them where they run two Bush Light cars sometimes or, or stuff like that. Um, and now that's going to be a huge void for them to fill. I wonder if this influx of money makes it to where they can eventually expand to a three-car team and maybe bring somebody else on. Because like you said, I mean, between Suarez and, and Chastain, like both of those guys, they're putting together a pretty hefty resume right now. And I could see... And look uh, what they've already done with that third car running part-time. Exactly. <laughs> like, I, they put it in victory lane. Yeah. So now you get that big influx of, of Bush and Anheuser-Busch money. And, I mean, the, the sky's the limit, I think, for these guys. And they could. I mean, not that they aren't already emerging as a major player in the game. Really solidify their place among the... I don't want to say Hendrick yet because I don't know that anybody really touches Hendrick as yeah. far as anything. Hendrick but, and Gibbs are still on a pedestal yeah. themselves, I think. But, but at least they can the surpass Stuart Haas, right, right? I mean, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And you look at it like they're probably past the Stuart Haas team at this point in time as far as how the team is performing. Um, and yeah, I think that third car is an option eventually. You know, Obviously, they would have to acquire a charter at some point, but it brings more money to the team. It brings more everything. And it's just going to continue to help grow that. And And what Justin Marks, the vision he set out with and what he's accomplished in the short time has been absolutely incredible. So uh, it, it's great to see for that team and, and for that program. I mean, if you're NASCAR, though, what would you rather see more of? Uh, a third track house or a second Rick Ware? I mean, exactly. Well, yeah, and that's where you wonder, right? And so that kind of gets into the other news, too. Corey LaJoy gets a multi-year extension to stay at Spire. God, please, Andretti or somebody buy into that team and make it better. Corey has done such good work in that car. That 77 is just lacking big time over there. Uh, so kind of be interesting to see. Does Ty Dillon keep that ride? Uh, I don't know. I don't know how all that works or what they do with that. Do they? It seems like they're not trying to sell that charter. There's not. There's been reports they don't want to. But does a track house buy that? Does you know or whatever? Maybe maybe Spires the team Dale Jr. comes in with. I don't know. I would love to see something. But Corey LaJoy going to be in the number seven car for a few years to come forward. I love to see it because I love for him sticking around, right? But at the same time, I want to see him get in a better car. Uh, I was, uh, there, you know, there was a little outside hopes of getting in the ten car for Stuart Haas, maybe. Although at this point, is that much of an upgrade? Who knows? Um, or you know, the twenty-one car is open right now. Something crazy like that as well. But uh, Corey's gonna gonna stay put. So good to see for him to to lock down his next few years as a guy that. You know, for the most part, it's gone year to year and, and not really known if he's going to continue to get opportunities or or what his next opportunity might be. He has found a home and he's really, I mean, he was one of their original employees of Spire. Like he's helped them build this program and maybe they can continue to take that next step eventually and maybe get that extra funding somewhere would, uh, would be great to see. Do you think that that team and, and him especially would or would benefit from having Ty Dillon just not be in that ride and them focus just on one car? Yeah. I mean, see, you wonder, like, it, it seems to me, 
And that's been something that's never made a whole lot of sense to me is you wonder like, why does Aspire spends all this money? I mean, they've got both of those cars. They're running a truck part-time. They're running a Xfinity series car part-time. Like if you funneled all those resources into one cup car, what could you have? But, but I don't know. Cause I mean, you look at teams like live fast and the 78, like they suck too. Right. And I mean, and they're just a one car program, but, but they don't have that second car. Maybe they don't have those extra resources. You never know. Maybe, uh, maybe a track house decides to acquire Spire at some point and, and makes it a four car team. Right. And, and then you have a four car track house team and LaJoy comes with the package and now he's on a, on a track house team or, or something like that happens too. Who knows? It seems to me like the Spire guys feel like they have something to build on. It's a slow process, but they're they're getting better and better, at least in the seven side of things. The 77 is, I mean, the worst car every week. Like Ty Dillon, for the most part, is the worst car out there. And so I don't know. It's interesting to, going to be interesting to continue to watch and see where that program continues to go going forward because they've obviously made big steps on one side of the program. And not just nothing on the other side. <laughs> well, we will be talking about those track house drivers and all the rest of the drivers taking the track this Sunday. But we got to take a quick second to tell you about Underdog Fantasy because we're brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. Best Ball Mania 4 is here. Underdog is giving away $15 million in prizes. Underdog pickups is a great way to get down on your favorite MLB and NFL season player props. So many ways to win over on Underdog and Underdog just like you know, is available in so many states. Get in on the action. Head over to underdogfantasy.com. Use the promo code SGPN for a 100% deposit bonus up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com. Promo code SGPN. Well, like we said, the one car will be part of the field that takes the green flag in New Hampshire at the New Hampshire Motor Speedway in Loudoun, New Hampshire, uh, again, small state, small track. I mean, it probably couldn't fit a two and a half mile super speedway in Loud, and that would probably take up the whole city uh, at this point. So we'll just we'll stick with the little mile track that they've got. How cute, how quaint. Uh, we will run <laughs> 301 laps, as the name of the Crayon 301 uh, it alludes to, around this mile point five eight paved track. Again, like we said, they've been coming here since '93 with the Cup cars, uh, and Rusty Wallace was one of the first winners. I mean, Cody, we talk about short flat tracks all the time. This is the epitome of that short flat track they got going on. Yeah, that's what this is. I mean, it's very flat. It's like two to seven degrees banking in the corners. So it's flat. It's short at one mile. Um, and so you're going to compare it to Phoenix is probably the closest comparison. Those tracks very similar. Martinsville even can be looked at because of the short flatness of it. But uh, there are certain guys, and this is going to be something we hammer on today certain guys or at least i'm gonna hammer on it that are really really good at short flat tracks it may not matter what they do everywhere else or how bad they are if you've listened to this program all year you might be surprised by some guys i'm going to talk about but there's just it's completely different you you've you can't completely look at what has been going on all season as a whole you have to break it down into more of how do certain guys do on short flat tracks I hit an Eric Almarola a couple of years ago. I think he was 50, 60 to one to win this race. Uh, and, and he won it because he's really good at short, flat tracks. Doesn't win often, but for whatever reason, comes up big on this type of track. Certain guys that uh, that are good at the short, flat. So that's going to be the main focus. Uh, Phoenix, Martinsville are going to be the main comparisons. You could throw a little bit of the clash at the Coliseum in there if you want to. 
it's stretching it a little bit, but I will bring it up at one point just to to reinforce one of the guys I'm going to talk about. But uh, those are the main two for me, Phoenix specifically, and even Martinsville as well, just because they're short tracks, they're flat tracks, and uh, and that's what you're what you're going to base your comparisons off of. Yeah, I'm pretty much same thing with me. It's all the mile tracks that you can take a look at because most of them are kind of constructed the same. I mean, it is it is a little bit. I would man, what? How much fun would a mile a mile super speedway banking be? That would be horrendous. <laughs> hey, they did it. They've done it with a mile and a half rod. So, I know. Uh, we never thought we would see that. So, yeah. uh, <laughs> hey, you can't count anything out, right? If I get fourteen million dollars, I'm refurbishing well, Loudon as a super. We speedway. do kind of have that with Dover, I guess, because that's uh, you know it's it's pretty it's, pretty banked. It's yeah, not really it's, super speedway, but it's close. It's banked, so it's yeah, you know. There you go. Okay. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, and again, New Hampshire. Looking at back at New Hampshire too. That's gonna be the other key. Mostly from the last two years, of course, because of the new car. But in general, you can look back at the history over over New Hampshire as well, and, and uh, take a lot from that uh, as well. I believe. Yes, you can. Well, Cody, shall we get into some bets? Let's get into some bets. Let's jump into it. I uh, I just mentioned Eric Almarola there on purpose because he is going to be my first bet. I'm going to take him yes, over Daniel way. Suarez minus one ten over on Superbook. Um, Eric Almarola is a short flat track guy. It's not going to show up for you most weeks. Stuart Haas, we just talked about it, has mostly been shit this year. But when it comes to these tracks, he is good. He did finish 31st here last year, but he started 7th place. He was 8th in Stage 1, had engine troubles late. That's what put him out of the race. Um, He won here in 2021, as I mentioned before. He was 7th here in 2020, 11th here in 2019, 3rd in 2018. You go back and you look a few weeks ago at Martinsville or earlier on the season in Martinsville, a sixth place finish for Almarola there. So, again, as bad as the season's been as an overall hole, you look back at one of the shorter, flatter tracks earlier this season, had a good run. That's the kind of stuff they're capable of. Um, and I will say, too, there's two teams that really jump out here. Obviously, teams like Hendrick, and we're going to get it into that, like they're good everywhere. But when you think of New Hampshire, I think of Joe Gibbs Racing as the odds very truly reflect. Christopher Bell, the favorite this week. You don't see that very often. Like we said, he's been really, really fucking good at this track in his few starts. Um, and then uh, Stuart Haas is the other team that comes to mind. They just, again, we've talked all year about how bad they've been, but their short, flat track package is where they excel more than any other team, it seems like, as far as as far as far a jump, right? So your jump from where they are at normal tracks when you get to these short flat tracks they just have the biggest increase like they know what the hell they're doing on these tracks um and so love them for daniel suarez he did finish ninth here last year so a decent run he was 20th in 2021 26th in 2020 19th in 2019 uh you go back earlier this season 22nd at phoenix 17th at martinsville so not super impressive on the other short flats we've had this year not a guy that really comes to mind he's coming off of a second place finish obviously we just talked about all this momentum track house has Two wins in a row, a second place for him. Uh, the you know the Bush announcement now, all this stuff. But I don't think that Suarez is going to have enough to beat Eric Almarola. Um, I, not that I think he'll have a bad day at all, but I expect Eric to be in the top ten, maybe even the top five at the end of the day. So give me Almarola over Suarez minus one ten over on Superbook. And I'll talk a little bit about Suarez later. I agree with you on that assessment, but I also think that Suarez is in for a better finish. Hold on on that, and we'll get to there. Look. You just talked about Stuart Haas being the the king here, and and no other name reigns supreme 
more than the guy that I love to talk about week after week, and that's Kevin Harvick. If you go back through his Loudon, New Hampshire days since 2016, let's go back to 2016. Let's go back to 2014. <laughs> third place, third place, 21st, uh, fourth place, win, fifth place, 36th, uh, win, win, fifth, sixth, fifth. Yes, Kevin Harvick is that damn good on Loudon, New Hampshire. But we could have said that in every track so far this season. Let me read off Kevin Harvick's finishes from this year, especially the last few races. Nashville, 24th. Chicago, 29th. Atlanta, 30th. Hell, even go back to Martinsville where you're talking about. Started 7th, finished 20th. This has been a season to forget, and Kevin Harvick will likely forget this season as he goes up into the booth and just rides away into the sunset. These last three weeks have been just catastrophic for Kevin Harvick. And we talk about guys that are really balls out good on these types of tracks, and Kevin Harvick is 1,000% good at this track. But I'm telling you right now, as the races start to tick down, you're starting to see what little focus he's got left, I think, behind that wheel, where he really is kind of riding it out. Now, can he pop up and get you a really fantastic finish? Yeah, of course he can, and that's fine. But I think Kyle Busch is going to do better than him. Kyle Busch over Harvick at plus 100 is the bet uh, for me. And again, really, this is mainly because of the last few races for each of them. Kyle Busch, look back at what he's done since Darlington even. Uh, several straight top 10 finishes. A seventh at Darlington, sixth at Charlotte. He won at Gateway, second at Sonoma, ninth in Nashville, fifth in Chicago, fifth in Atlanta, 21st in Martinsville. So not a you know fantastic finish on the on the other short flat track, but Kyle has been a hot driver as of late, and I kind of almost don't care what he's done in New Hampshire in his last few races because obviously that was in the 18 car. He is in completely different equipment now, um, but he does have a win within the last few seasons: a first place in 2017, a second place in 2018, an eighth in 2019. Three bad finishes though. Uh, in 2020, 2021, and 2022. Again, you know, we talked about Kevin Harvick's struggles last year anyways in that 18. He still finished 12th on this track, not bad. I really am leaning in heavy on this momentum for uh, Kyle Busch on this track as far as what he's done. In 17 races on mile track since uh, 2020, uh, he's got a win, four top fives, nine top tens. So, again, I just think... The recency factor is what's got me on this uh, over over Harvick because any anybody would say Harvick is going to win this matchup because it's Kevin Harvick and he's a top 10 machine, right? Not so much this season. And unfortunately for Kevin, it's not getting any better for him uh, over the last three races. Maybe familiar territory gets it better. But in 19 starts, he's only got seven top 10s. So I don't feel like uh, this is going to be Kevin Harvick's day. So give me Kyle Busch over Kevin Harvick. It hurts. But give it to me. Man, just coming in with the Kevin Harvick hate. Goodness, Rod. I, I love the it? guy, but <laughs> damn it all if he's not just choking lately. No, yeah. I, I, I mean, it's it's hard to argue with that, right? If the results have not been there lately. This is the type of track where he should be good at. Stuart Haas should be good. But we haven't seen it lately. Um, something to, you know to note that we noted before the season, guys that announce it's their last season, don't always have the greatest season. It's to be a struggle. Early in the season, it was great for Harvick, right? Everything was 
was ro- roses and rainbows and unicorns. It's been pretty rough for him here lately. The team as a whole just takes this big blow of losing Anheuser Busch. They knew it was coming, but now it's official. It's out there, right? Uh, I think all of that maybe is playing into things. So you could argue that uh, Kyle Busch has been amazing here. That's you know not you can't argue that he's been really good here. I will caution that wasn't Gibbs equipment. The Chevys haven't been as good here. Uh, Tyler Reddick didn't do great here last year. He finished in. Uh, I got to scroll a long ways down. 21st here last year in this car. So that would be my biggest caution on Kyle Busch. Obviously, I've been, uh, you know, big on Kyle Busch this year. You're getting it at plus money. He's got three wins. Like he could easily get this done. Uh, this is a tough, tough matchup. You're taking the plus money side of things. So hard to argue too much with that. I can't believe Rod's coming on here with, uh, with Kevin Harvick slander. It's, Man, well, I'll have to have a talk with him after the show. But uh, <laughs> hey, it didn't come without a heartbreak, man. It hurt my it did. heart. No, to write you, that down. You, you expressed that perfectly, and I think you made a good case. I mean, originally when I saw that, I was like, God, what's he doing here? But uh, you made the case, so I I can't argue with you too much on that. Tough to pick a side on that one, but uh, I, I think you probably took the the correct side. I am going to go with William Byron over Chase Elliott. This is minus one ten over on Superbook. Um, uh, Chase Elliott finished second here last year, and I think that's probably the main reason that he's priced, I guess, or that he's matched up with, well, I don't know, with William Byron. But you, you look back at how things are going, like William Byron and Chase Elliott have had very opposite seasons. Like Byron is is in the role you thought Chase Elliott would be in, and, and Elliott's more of where you thought William Byron would be. Like Elliott's not having bad finishes, right? He's getting good finishes. Things are going all right for him, but he's not dominating races. He's not leading laps. He doesn't have four wins on the season. That's William Byron. And at this point, at, at this point, how things are going right now in the season, William Byron is the number one driver over at Hendrick. If I would have said that to you before the season, you'd have been like, dude, what the f- like, get off of here. What do you, you don't know what you're talking about. It's crazy. But at this point in time, that's where we're at. Now, Larson, I think, can, can quickly turn that around, right? Again. Best driver on the planet. We we understand that, and, and things will be fine. And Elliott's a great driver as well, obviously. I, I sing his praises a lot. I love the guy. But I think that the way Byron's season's been going, the momentum he is carrying, you have to take Byron on the side of the matchup. And let's go back and look. Byron, it's not been great, great finishes here. He's got an 11th last year, 21st, 11th, 12th, 14th. But you go back and you look at a lot of these tracks, that's what his record looked like before. Now he's having that breakout season, so you can't look too much into what he did here in the past. Not horrible finishes. He was decent, um, but he's got the four wins. 12 of 19 races so far this season, he's led He's led laps, led 64 laps at Phoenix. Like I said, the most comparable track that we've been on this season, and he won the race that day. With as good as William Byron has been this season, being one of the best cars weeks in, week in and week out, the books are highly disrespecting him this week. I'll, spoiler alert, I'll be talking about him again in a little bit here. He's the point series leader. He's on top of the world. He's in the best car, on the best team, everything. And then you're going to put him up with the guy that's ranks third at Hendrick for right now. If you're ranking the Hendrick guys as they are right now, Chase Elliott is third on that list. And until that changes, you got to give me the better driver and how things are going this season in that matchup. So William Byron over Chase Elliott does hurt my heart a little bit to do that as well. But, hey, that's that's where you know. And then to to Rod's point, too, where he's taking Kyle Busch over Kevin Harvick, like that's where you know 
that the the research has led us to these guys that we believe in these bets even more because they're not we don't want to pick against Kevin Harvick like dude has made us so much money these last couple of years it's his, his going away tour we had the 29 and the four car pace in the field this weekend like all the heartstrings were being tugged like but we're still betting against him because that's where the research leads us to same thing here I, I love Chase Elliott been a Bill Elliott fan since the day I was born and been a Chase Elliott fan too but here it doesn't make sense for him to be matched up with William Byron with the way things have been going lately so give me the Byron side of things Minus 110, that matchup's on uh, Superbook as well. Hey, listen, if you know that there's a slot machine that's paying out, but it's underneath a heater that's blasting out 150-degree uh, uh, air versus one that you think may pay out that's under the air conditioning, I'm sitting in 150-degree if I'm getting paid. Like, Absolutely, that's it's, right. It's going to hurt. And it's going to be uh, uncomfortable, but I'm you, getting paid. You want the ultimate example of that. Stay tuned for my next bet. Oh, I know. I, <laughs> uh, all right. Well, let me get to uh, my next bet. I, I, I feel like I'm picking on – you just, like, said everything about Stuart Haas, and then now I'm just laying out the uh, complete opposite. This is going to turn into an Xfinity series show where Rod and I just argue the whole time. Exactly. Because, <laughs> look, at this point, Stuart Haas, yes, but Ryan Priest, is he really even a Stuart Haas driver? Like, he pops up. And, and you see him in the broadcast, you see him in the top 10, and then something happens and he's gone. So it's like that meme, and it's gone. So Ryan Priest, I'm taking Chris Buescher over Ryan Priest, minus 125 over on Caesars. And I'm doing it because Chris Buescher and Brad Keselowski have actually been a fantastic duo as of late. And, and they're really putting this RFK team on their back. Uh Eight top 10 finishes for Chris Buescher, which, I mean, just said something about, you know, uh, 10 not being a lot. But for Chris Buescher, eight is actually pretty good in 19 starts. Last week in Atlanta, finished 15th. Chicago finished 10th. Nashville, 18th. Sonoma, 4th. Gateway, 12th, which is another mile track, right? So a good finish at Gateway. Eighth at Charlotte. 10th at Darlington. Ninth at Dover. Third at Talladega. Uh, you want to go back to Martinsville, 14th. Not a bad day for him there. Uh, and so, listen, Chris Buescher, like I said, and this entire RFK team are actually doing some pretty fantastic things. Ryan Priest, on the other hand, middle to end of the pack for Ryan most of the time. Atlanta last week, 24th. Chicago, 15th. Nashville, 16th. Sonoma, 13th. Gateway, 17th. Charlotte, 13th. Go back to Martinsville, 15th. He did start on the pole, uh, but unfortunately ended up in 15th. Uh, where it was a one point dif- or one place differential for pre or for Busher who finished in 14th. However, uh, the last three we'll take the last three track mile tracks for both of these drivers. For Ryan Priest at Gateway 17th, at Dover 17th, at Phoenix 12th. This is all in the 41 car for Priest. For Busher in that span, Gateway 12th, Dover 9th, Phoenix 15th. So you know the only once did they get each other, and that was at Phoenix earlier. Uh, where Busher was 15th and Priest was 12th. But, you know, that was earlier in the season. SHR was not necessarily as totally as bad as they were. I mean, they were still bad, but they weren't as bad. But uh, lately, I think Chris Busher's had the the biggest momentum of these guys, and, and I really do trust that he will finish better than Ryan Priest at the end of this at minus 125. Again, this is going to have you watching the middle of the pack, right, from about probably 12th on to see which one of these guys finishes inside the top 15 and which one doesn't. So 
Busher over Priest for me. I'll take the 17 over the 41. Man, just uh, it's, I I don't I don't want to love Stuart Haas as much as I do this weekend. It it's paining my heart. It's uh, it's tearing me apart as far as how much I've just hated on them this year because they've sucked overall. I mean, like that's really all you can say. But their short flat track program, they just know. I would almost guarantee Priest is going to be in the modified race uh, the day before. He's going to have the time on the track. He won that race in 2021. Uh, Ryan Priest, I expect to have a pretty good day. But again, the, what RFK has been doing lately, what Busher has been doing lately, hard to argue against. Rod's going for the tough, tough matchups this week. I, man, again, another one that's hard for me to pick a side on, but uh, I like both of these guys also. So I think that's, yeah, you made a pretty solid case. So, man, just tough, tough matchups this week. Well, I'll tell you what. I'll, I'll add to this. In races it Loudon for Ryan Priest, and I know he's not in Stuart Haas, uh, 22nd, 16th, 21st, 32nd for Ryan Priest there for Busher. 17th, 29th, 25th, 15th. So I'm just saying it's not gonna be it's not gonna be pretty and it won't be my whole lot, but uh I still think Busher's got the better of this one. Yeah, again, I hard to hard to argue with it too much. So next up for me, this has been the guy that I have bet against the most this year, and it has made me a lot of money. I've mentioned at times I would bet BJ McLeod over Chase Briscoe, and at most tracks I would. But this is where you do a 180 and you get down on Chase Briscoe this week. He's being slept on because he's been complete and total shit this year. It has been a horrible season for Chase Briscoe. But, Rod, there have been a few points in his season that have not been horrible. And let me tell you where those have been. He finished fourth place in the All-Star race, North Wilkesboro, another track that's Fairly comparable to this one. Again, we didn't get a full race there, so you can't look too much into it. But fourth place in that all-star race. Fifth place at Martinsville. Seventh place at Phoenix. He even finished fifth at the Bristol Dirt Race. Bristol Dirt, not comparable to this, but a track he's comfortable on. And it shows that if he is in a good position on a track he's comfortable on with a good enough car for it, he can get the result. Absolute dog shit on, on mile and a half. I hope he wins this weekend. And we can fade him next week at Pocono because it will be so easy to do. When it comes to short flat tracks, Chase Briscoe knows what he's doing. So I'm going to take him for a top 10. He's plus 200 over on bet 365. I think I saw him plus 200 on Caesars maybe as well. Um, but Caesars also has him boosted a top five at plus 700. I'm going to take both of those, a top 10 and a top five for Chase Briscoe. Last year ended up 15th in this race, um, but was very, very strong early in the race, got spun out, got into some trouble. They tried to play some strategy. He was actually leading with about 100 laps to go. The strategy didn't quite work out. He ends up with a 15th place finish, which, you know, for being a guy that spun out and then playing pit strategy, still getting a 15th place finish, not bad. Uh, he was a top 10 car easily all day, probably even a top five car um, there as well. So, uh, and you go back to last year too, just to, I know he had a better overall season last year, but he was ninth place uh, at Phoenix. He was, or no, he won at Phoenix or in the spring, rather. He was ninth place at Martinsville in 11th place at Richmond. He was second or uh, ninth in the second Martinsville race. He was fourth in the championship race at Phoenix. Like all of these short, flat tracks, Briscoe was good. 
Almirola and Briscoe are the two guys that jump out to me when we come to short flat tracks. Those guys I have to find ways to bet on. That's what I've done here today. Again, betting against Chase Briscoe has made me loads and loads and loads of money this year, and it's been comical how bad he's been. But these are the tracks where you have to circle Briscoe and you have to change your mind. And as hard as it is to want to be on him, because you look and you're like, God, he's just been shit every. Like literally, BJ McLeod has run better half this season than Chase Briscoe, and it makes you not want to bet on him. But the the data, the research, everything says this type of track, Chase Briscoe is going to be good. So he's gonna get, get getting my money this weekend. And if it doesn't cash, you're gonna look back and be like. You believe you fucking wasted your money on Chase Briscoe. But when it cashes, it's going to be like, wow, we circled this outright. And then you're going to come back around and boom, we're going to be right back against him when it comes to bigger tracks because they're going to continue to suck there. He's just, they're really, they've got it figured out on these short flat tracks. Briscoe's a guy I'm huge on this weekend. Um, so yeah, give me Chase Briscoe. Top five at plus 700 over on Caesars. Top 10 at plus 200 on bet 365. If he just does not do well, the Discord will be all over <laughs> you, Cody. I hope you are prepared for the uh, fallback yeah. if it happens. Hey, but. give it to me if it's a, you know. But man, it just—it's uh, again—it's so—it's so hard to, to to get on here and speak with confidence about a guy that's been slower than BJ McLeod most of the season. But that's just that—that that shows you how much again to the point of how much you believe in this. That's how much I believe in it is I'm willing to put my reputation on Chase Briscoe. Gosh, when I say that out loud, I don't know how I feel about it, but but I'm doing it anyways, Rob. Give me Chase Briscoe. Uh, I will stop. I, I won't have you take that shovel any more deeper because I feel like I've given you a lot of, of ground to dig there. So I'll bail you out in this instance. I'm going to dig that shovel deeper a little later in the show. Just oh, I spoiler know. Spoiler for you. So. I know. I'm ready for it. Uh, all right. <laughs> Top 10 odds are, aren't usually all that good. Uh, like we said, but I actually like this one, and I found A.J. Allmendinger as a top 10, plus 350 on Bet365. This one's a little difficult to defend if you just take a look at the raw stats from, uh, like, New Hampshire proper. He's only had one race in the 16 car uh, in this, and that was 2022 last year. He finished 16th. Not bad for that car. Remember, we talked a lot last season about this the Colleague Cup Series not being as good as the Xfinity series. And then of course, you know, the, the cup series this year looking okay. Uh, while the Xfinity series is still looking pretty good, but not as good in our opinion. So for a 16th place finish in New Hampshire for him, not bad, but AJ has been on slightly good of tear for what he is, uh, over the last, we'll look back to Charlotte where he finished 14th <clears throat> gateway, 14th Sonoma, 6th Nashville, 10th Chicago, 17th, but, I don't hold anything against anybody for Chicago. Uh, but last week in Atlanta, third place finish, right? Part of that colleague team that was running pretty solid. Listen, I'm not saying that AJ's a world beater right now. I'm not saying that he's even a fantastical driver right now. But I think a top 10 for a guy who has had some success lately staying in the front and staying out of trouble. I mean, we talked a lot about his aggressiveness, Right, but we've also talked about his toughness, right? Driving with no power steering, driving through all these crazy conditions and and whatnot, just to try to stay up front. Uh, and I think Agent AJ Almadinger's got that. Some good finishes uh, overall. Again, not great finishes, but good finishes in the 16 on mile tracks. 14th place at Gateway, 
18th at Dover, 20th at Phoenix uh, in 2023, but 12th in Phoenix in the fall, 16th, like I said, in New Hampshire, 10th at Gateway in 2022. Uh, so some pretty solid finishes for AJ in the 16 uh, and, and close to the top 10. And all we want him to do is finish inside the top 10. A couple more spots up there. You know, another person rubs someone else the wrong way and spins someone out, and all of a sudden, AJ's right there. So uh, as long as he can keep himself within the top 15 for most of the race, I have a feeling that he's going to be able to find his way to a top 10, especially given the fact that, like I said, he's actually been a solid driver as of late and not necessarily disappointed all that much. Uh, four top 10s overall, but again, a lot of them have come within the last few weeks. So uh, that momentum's building for him. He's been within striking distance of the top 10 so far at three to uh, three and a half to one. I think it's a pretty good stab to take for AJ to get in the top 10 of this race. Momentum is there, Rod. He's, he's been building on it. 13 points out of the playoffs right now for AJ Allmendinger. And we have a multitude of road courses coming up where he plans on getting a lot more points. He is lining himself up to be in position to try and make the playoffs. I think you're right. I think that continues this week. Uh, no argument from me here. And again, you look at shorter, flatter tracks, right, where braking is is a big key on these tracks. There's not You're not just rolling through the corner on these high bank tracks. Like, it comes down to braking. It comes down to hitting your marks. A road course type of guy that plays very well into their hands. Love me some AJ Allmendinger this week. Plus 350, you're getting really good odds. So I uh, I fully agree with you on this one, and I really like that bet. I'm going to also stick in the top 10 market. I'm going to go with Eric Almarola, plus 140 over on Barstool. Again, I talked about him a little bit ago. Short, flat, track, ace. It will surprise you how well Eric Almarola will run this week. We're just so used to him. He's kind of being in the middle. He does his thing, keeps fielding the sport, keeps them happy. And, you know, he just, he's there every week, but he will show flashes of being really good. Like I mentioned, he started seventh last year. He was eighth in stage one, was holding on to that top 10. It was the engine troubles late. He won this race in 2021, cashed a big ticket for me, seventh in 2020, 11th in 2019, uh, third in 2018. He has finished very good here, ran sixth at Martinsville earlier this season. He's just, he knows short, flat tracks. He did run into some trouble at Phoenix. Not a good result there, but Stuart Haas just in general. And then they just have guys that that lend themselves to short flat tracks for whatever reason. Almarul has always been a short flat track guy for back in the 43 car even. He's just been good at these. Briscoe, we know I've talked about is. Priest has got that modified background that lends well into it. Harvick's just good everywhere, so that doesn't matter. But uh, they just, Stuart Haas has things figured out at these tracks. In my opinion, Almarola has it figured out. He's good consistently. A top 10 on any short flat track when it comes to Eric Almarola, almost just a, an auto bet for me every time. Cashes more times than it doesn't. Give me Eric Almarola top 10 plus 140 over on Barstool. I love it again. And I've, it's not that I don't like Eric Almarola. I just, you know, it's, it's frustrating because it's, you know how good he is and he's got to pop his head up in a situation like this. And we hope he does because we want to cheer for him, we want to root for him. Yeah, and it's just man, it's it's so hard to bet on these guys that like, and we're so we don't get a bunch of short flat tracks. I mean, we've had Martinsville, we've had Phoenix, like that's about it this season. Unless you want to go all the way back to like the Clash, and so it's hard to be like these guys suck every week. 
But then you come into a track like this and they just pop up and they're good. And it's like, oh, shit, where'd that cut? And then it goes right back to they just suck again. It's it's ridiculous, but that's how it works. And they just, for whatever reason, this just fits so well into their driving style. It's their perfect type. And you got to jump on it when you get the chance. And we get better odds because they're not running good on a week-to-week basis. They're, it's not, you know, it's not like Christopher Bell's so good here. But he's, you know, he's he's pretty good every week, and so his, you know, he gets to sent to the top of the board. And these other guys, they're not been very good every week. They're on a team that's looked at as a lesser team right now. You've got to take advantage while the numbers are are in your favor. Well, uh, I'm going to stay in the top ten market as well for my next bet, and I like Daniel Suarez. He's actually at plus two hundred uh, for a top ten finish in this. Now, I'm actually a little surprised that he's not a little bit higher, given obviously the fact that he just finished in second place in Atlanta, uh, but also the fact that, again, we talked a lot about how this track house team is serious momentum, so if I'm going to get, you know, two to one on Daniel Suarez for a top 10 finish this week, I think I'm going to take it. Uh, you look back at what he did earlier at Gateway, he had a seventh place finish uh, at Gateway this season. Martinsville, he finished 17th, we talked about that being sort of a, a, a comparable track, but he was in the top 10 in both stages at the end of, of stage one and stage two. Slipped out of it at the end, but he was running inside the top 10. And in fact, in that race, he actually started in the front row uh, on the on the side pole. So uh, he had the speed at Martinsville to be able to be fast. And unfortunately, it didn't turn into a, a finish. Ninth place finish for him here in 2022. Last season, uh, a top 10 finish for him uh, here, which... Again, is is the only top ten he's had since he's been in the ninety nine car, but he's slowly been getting better, right? He got that win under his belt at Sonoma. He's just been able to be a driver that is good enough to be somewhere at the front. And and you know, a lot of times luck is not necessarily on his side, and he'll end up getting caught up in something or whatever. But uh, for me, I think Daniel Suarez, Ross Chastain, both of these guys are pumped now. I think their their team is pumped. Uh, Justin Marks won a race, what, on... Uh, uh, yeah, he won a Trans Am yeah. race Saturday, I think it was. Yep. Hey, these guys are just winning. These guys are just running fast. So uh, that tiger blood is in them. And I think uh, Daniel Suarez, I'm not even asking him to get into the top five. Is it, is it tiger blood or is it pit bull blood? Come on. Oh, pit bull blood. You're right. I'm sorry. <laughs> me, me and my outdated references. So... Uh, yeah, no, I, listen, I, again, I think that there's a lot of speed in that track house team. They're amped up now. They've got a new sponsor that they're going to have next year. And it's just, there's energy flowing through that building. And I think that carries through not asking him to get a top five. I just want him at a, a top 10, which for Daniel Suarez, totally possible. Uh, and, and you'll double up your money on that. Yeah, I like it again. Momentum is just so big with this entire team right now. Been performing well. Uh, another guy that's, uh, he's just inside the playoffs. I mean, he's, he's three points to the good, so they need to continue to have good results, especially if we get winners that, that cut line moves up, of course, you know, if, if it's guys that are below that number. So looking to continue to have good, solid runs, uh, hard to, hard to bet against a team that's got such positive forward momentum like them. And he, and he's done well here in the past as well. He finished ninth last year. So that's inside the top 10. Uh, which would cash that bet for you two to one. Next up for me, going back to the William Byron train uh, again. This is a guy that I think is just massively being slept on this weekend. I, the books are just being so disrespectful, Rod. So I'm going to take him Group F over on Caesars. He's plus two seventy. 
I want to pull this group up because I believe he is, of course, now it wants to make me verify what state I'm in. No, I'm not in legal state. Yes, I know <laughs> that I can't bet here. <laughs> okay, but anyways, uh, on to, oh boy, they changed all these apps, just got these updates and they're killing me here. But group F is, yeah, William Byron is the longest shot in this group. It's Kyle Bush at plus 210, Kevin Harvick at plus 210. Chase Elliott at plus 270 and William Byron at plus 270. Kyle Busch, again, you made the argument for him. He's got three wins on the season. He's having a hell of a season. Been a little up and down, though, throughout the season. It's not been every week he's really good. Some weeks he's a little bit out to lunch. That's good enough for me to say, okay, Byron could beat him. Kevin Harvick, you made the case for me already. I don't need to go any farther. Could he win this race? Yes. Could he finish not good? Yes. I mean, that's where we're at at this point in time. Chase Elliott. I already made the case for William Byron to beat him. Why not double it up here? William Byron, again, he's led laps in 12 of 19 races this season. He was so good at Phoenix. He won the race there earlier this season, the most comparable track we've been at. Yes, his track history is not the greatest. Yes, you, uh, the Chevys haven't necessarily been the best at New Hampshire, one of the few tracks you could really say that at, but he's only got to beat two other Chevys and a Ford in this. There's not even Toyotas in this. And you know what I'm going to add? I am going to add this just because <laughs> I, I feel like it's worth it. So if you go up to group A, I waffled on whether I was going to add this or not. He's the longest shot in group A. Now, this is a loaded group, but he's six to one. And originally I was thinking, well, he's going to have to win to win this group. But I don't even think that that's the case. It's Denny Hamlin. It's Martin Trix Jr. at the top. Joe Gibbs Racing is likely going to be the dominant team this weekend. It's not... Usually it's between Hendrick, it's between Joe Gibbs, or, or Hendrick has the advantage. Joe Gibbs has the advantage this weekend. They are going to be good. So you've got those two guys. Larson, also being a little disrespected by the books this week, but he's in the middle of that group. Harvick and Kyle Busch. So again, three of those guys already are in this other group. So if he wins that group, then he just has to beat Hamlin and Truex. Reigns on the first lap, and they uh, spin out going into the first turn, which is what happened in 2021. Uh, <laughs> crazy. But they tried to go green flag too early. It started raining going into turn one. Kyle Busch, Martin Truex Jr., and I think Denny Hamlin. It was Hamlin. Was yep. Yeah, all three of them just into the corner, spun out into the wall, ruined most of their days, which was crazy how that all played out. But things can happen, right? And these guys don't necessarily – I mean, even if Christopher Bell wins this and William Byron gets second, you're going to miss out on hitting the Byron outright, but he could still win this group. So – I think you just take him to win both of these groups, and this is just pure value play. Like Byron's the hottest driver probably in the series right now. He's got four wins. He just won last weekend, Rod. Super Speedway, I get it. Was he up front all day? No, he wasn't. But uh, Super Speedway, doesn't matter. He just won. They're coming off another win. They've got room. They're leading the playoff standings. They've got room to gamble on things. He should not be the why is he the least favored guy in these groups? I, I don't get it. So give me to win group F beat Elliot Harvick and Bush uh, at plus two seventy, And I'm going to add group a to beat also. Uh, well, actually Elliot's not in this one, but it's Bush Harvick Larson Truex and Hamlin. Uh, and that's plus 600. Just incredible. Uh, this is just a value play. It's not necessarily what he's done previously at this track, but Phoenix, he won the most comparable track we've been on and the way he's having his breakout season and we're disrespecting him should not be that way. 
give me lots of William Byron this weekend. Indeed. And again, it, it ha, uh, hurts your heart, but it does so. And you're definitely going to take some William Byron. Uh, all right. I'm, uh, I'm going to take Joey Logano. I'm going to go to the top five market. Joey Logano, top five car. He's at plus 220. And it's a little crazy that he's a plus 220 given the fact that uh, Joey Logano is, I mean, again, he's not been running the greatest as of late, but you go back to Martinsville when we talked earlier about that being he finished second at Martinsville, led 25 laps in that race. I know I, I keep bringing Gateway up into the mix. I know Gateway's not a mile, and I know that the bank is a little different, but it's not a mile and a half. It's still that in-between sort of uh, limbo land that's it's just over a mile, and it's really only two-tenths over a mile. So I'm still kind of considering Gateway in this because of the, the distance, but he finished third there, right? Third at Sonoma, eighth at Chicago uh, for everything that it was worth. Poor showing at Nashville and Atlanta, which is probably why. Uh, there's a, a lot of uh, hate on him right now as far as the top five market is concerned. But at Loudon, here are his finishes over the last five races. Ninth, ninth, fourth, fourth, 24th. Unfortunately, last year, uh, we talked about that being sort of a, a crazy race too. Uh, but two fourth places in the two years before that, last time I checked, that was inside the top five. If you look at where he was running at the end of stage two, in that race in 2022, he was in fourth place. Unfortunately, just the finish was not there for Joey, but he was running in the top five there in the end of stage two, which tells me he's got the ability to try to do that here, there. And so you look back at his top five finishes also over the course of his uh, his time. He won at Phoenix, right, in 2022 to win the championship. Uh, one at Worldwide Technology, eighth at Phoenix, fourth at New Hampshire, fifth at Dover, second at Phoenix, third at Phoenix, sixth at Dover, eighth at Dover, fourth at New Hampshire, first at Phoenix. I don't want to go keep going past that. That's 2020. But still, we know that Joey Logano is fast in these mile intermediate style tracks. Again, I know Gateway is not necessarily as comparable, but it is sort of in that mix as well. Uh, but he's good and he's fast and he's actually been fast at those tracks this season. So I think a top five finish for Joey Logano is not completely out of the realm of possibility. And I like the plus 220 version of this too because uh, it's definitely a good plus money bet for a top five, especially in a, in a top five market that's kind of icky. Uh, when I figure out how to bet on Joey Logano, I'll get back to you. <laughs> <laughs> this guy is the most... I, he is the driver I cannot figure out. I, I can't figure out how and when to bet on Joey Logano. I don't... I don't understand it, Rod. I cannot figure it out. So I'm going to take your word for it. You made a pretty good case. I like it. He's a defending champion. Uh, we, I expect, I at least expect Stuart Haas to be fast. That means Ford's going to maybe show up a little bit. I think Ford's, hat, Ford's also plus 270. It started out plus 300 in a lot of books. I've seen a plus 270 to win this race. It's not a bad bet. Uh, maybe you want to toss it in there as a bonus bet for me. I'm going to go ahead and make that official, actually. Plus 270. I like that for Ford. I, I think that Ford between Stuart Haas, between Penske, like they've got it. Oh, man, Toyota is so good here, though. But Ford has a chance. I'm, it's not an official play. I take that back. But I like it. If you want to, if you want to make it an official play for yourself, uh, just you know consider it because I think it's worth it, depending on how you build the rest of your card. But I expect Fords to be pretty good here. Um, and Logano again. I I don't know how to bet on this guy. I can't figure him out. 
He's so unpredictable. But it is good odds for the defending champion, for a guy that on any given week can show up and just win a race pretty much anywhere. So uh, I don't hate it. Hang tight. I'll make that forward an official bet in a second. Let me introduce oh, you to one of my favorite shows on the pro on the network, though, before we get going with the winners. Hey, everybody. If you play fantasy football, especially in auction leagues. And or you're a whiskey fan. Yes, exactly. Check out the Sports Gambling Podcast fantasy football channel show, Old Fashioned Football. Coming to you every Tuesday morning. Give us a listen. We'll bring you the latest fantasy football data, including the injury report, studs and duds, waiver wire targets, and suggested fab. Market movers. After all, we are the Marks. He is my hubby. And she's J Mark's wifey. And we're bringing all this to you while drinking an old fashioned and giving you our honest review of a different whiskey every week. All that and more. Hop on over. Give us a listen. Come for the football. Stay for the whiskey. This ad's almost done. Going once. Going twice. Sold. I'm convinced that Justin and Miranda would back us on any winner that we picked this week because uh, we are convincing just like they are convincing. Listen, fantasy football season is ramping up. For those of you guys playing in auction leagues, that is definitely a good listen. And look, anybody who's just playing in fantasy in general, that is a fantastic listen. Go listen to them. Uh, Scott Fishbowl people, I'm you know they're going to be talking about players that you have. I mean, it may be in an auction st- uh, a setting, but still good uh, uh, information all the way around. First of all, fantasy football season never ends. If you're a true fantasy football player, true. I just want to state that. True. They also go all year round, which is fun and nice. Uh, and I mean, yeah, they they are auction based on a lot of stuff, but fantasy football information is the same. Like, and I had never played auction leagues until Justin got me roped into it last year. Uh, but you can use the advice they give and the players they talk about in redraft or in dynasty. I mean, you know, it's in general fantasy football is fantasy football. So yeah, it's all these things are starting to go on. I've got two FSGA drafts next week over on uh, SiriusXM, so that's going to be fun. Yeah, man, football's almost here, Rod. I love some football. I love some fantasy football. And, uh, yeah, Justin Miranda, Old Fashioned Football. It's my uh, it's my favorite fantasy football podcast, so definitely give them a listen, uh, even though they're Iowa fans. We look past <laughs> that. And everything else about them is wonderful and great, and I love them. <laughs> uh, you know what I love? I love picking winners. You've done that the last couple weeks. Let's continue that train rolling. Who do we got to win this Crayon 301 at the New Hampshire Motor Speedway? Martin Truex Jr. That is it, Rod. Plus 700. He's going to win this weekend. I was going to pick Martin Truex Jr. last week, no matter what the odds came out to be this week. He's one of the co- Depending on the book, he's the favorite. He's a co-favorite. Him and Bell. Him, Bell, and Hamlin. Those are kind of... It's kind of between the three of them. For me, it's Martin Truex Jr. FanDuel has it at plus 700. I love Martin Truex Jr. Seven of the last eight races here, he's finished inside of the top seven. In the race that he didn't, he started up front, and there was raindrops at the beginning. He ended up recovering from damaging his vehicle, getting spun out of the rain, and finished in 12th. A nice, solid, respectable finish. This is basically a home race for him. He's from up in that area on the East Coast. Um, it's always a big deal for him. He's having a hell of a season, right? We've talked about that multiple times. Even last year, when he had a bad season, he still had a very good race here. Uh, and that goes in into play here. Um, he led 172 laps here last season before he settled for a fourth-place finish. He was fast. He looked good. Here's I'm just going to read off laps that he has led in this race in the past. 
83, 112, 137, 141, 123. He knows this track. He is good here. He's fast here. He's going to be a DFS play. JGR is going to be likely. I will be extremely shocked if they're not the strongest team this weekend. Bell is going to be good. Truex is going to be good. Hamlin's going to be good. I expect Ty Gibbs. I'm not going to put any Ty Gibbs bets this week because uh, I've been so saddened. I want to bet on so bad this week, but I'm hoping by not betting on him, he has a good result again. So we're going to play that game. But JGR is going to be the strongest team this weekend. I think the books reflect that. The history reflects that. That should be the case. And they are good at just at this style of track. Uh, and you go back the last two weeks, right? It was Atlanta. It was Chicago. Unpredictable. So many different things can happen. But before that, Truex has the momentum on normal, quote-unquote, tracks. Four straight top five finishes. He won at Sonoma. He was second in Nashville. He has been racing good. He's been fast almost every week. He was fast at Nashville. He was fast at Sonoma. He was even fast last week at Atlanta. He has been really, really good this season. He's looked strong. I love Martin Truex Jr. this weekend. Plus 700 on FanDuel. I think that he is the way to go. William Byron at 14-1 is absolutely and utterly disrespectful. This is over on Superbook. As I was looking through odds, some books have him as low as 700 where he should be. 14-1, 12-1, 10-1, ridiculous. He should not be that high of a price. It's stupid. Go bet on William Byron at this price. He should not be this low. He's got four wins, all kinds of different tracks. Like I've, I've already talked about it multiple times, different ways I'm going to bet on him. The best car out there this season so far has been William Byron. Most weeks, and he won at the most comparable track we've had to this track this far this season. He's in a breakout year at Hendrick, the best team in the garage, year in and year out. How can you not take William Byron at 14-1? to 1? It's ridiculous he's priced here. I want to mention Larson as well as like 10 to 1. If, if you want to bet on Larson, I know some people thought last week was the week, but it wasn't because it was a super speedway. But you're, if he wins or he's good, you're, you're not going to get this price again, probably. He's worth a look. I, I'm going with Byron because he's a better driver and more consistent driver lately. Larson's never a bad bet on this type of racetrack. Especially getting him in that 10 to 1 area, it's definitely worth a look. All right, Rod. My last winner for this race. 80 to 1 is just too good to pass up. Chase Briscoe. That's right, Derek. You heard me correctly. Chase Briscoe. 800 or 800. 80 to 1. Close enough to 800. Uh, again, I've talked about it multiple times throughout this episode. He is really good at this type of track. We know that Stuart Haas is still strong enough to win races. We've seen it with Kevin Harvick. Uh, they just passed their 10-year, I think it's they had announced 10 years ago or something, they were forming the team, whatever. They've won at least one race every season since they've been in the series. They're good enough to win, and especially on this track type. I've already highlighted what Briscoe's done on this type of track. Pocono next week, completely different story. I will be back off of him no matter the results this weekend. But Chase Briscoe can win this type of race. He's still a long shot for a reason. In some books, he's at like 30 to 1, 40 to 1. I would still probably take him that price, but less so much. I like it. But 80 to 1 is ridiculous for a guy that's this good on this type of track. Saw him pop up and grab that win at Phoenix last year. Followed it up with a fourth place at Phoenix in the fall in the championship race, even where it's generally one, two, three, four for the championship guys. He was able to score a fourth place finish. 
He's really good at this type of track. He's learned from Kevin Harvick. Kevin Harvick's best track over his career is Ben Phoenix. I know Rod's down on him this week, but uh, Chase Briscoe, 80 to 1. It has to be mentioned. It has to be bet on because it, there is value in betting Chase Briscoe to win. As, as crazy as that sounds to say in 2023, it is true. Give me Chase Briscoe to win this race, 80 to 1. Putting that on your grave marker. There is value in betting Chase Briscoe this week, Cody Z. Uh, all right. It's just, make sure it says on flat tracks or something. For people <laughs> to think. I'm, I'm, I was super crazy. <laughs> uh, no, we'll just put the audio recording up there, and every time yeah, people walk by, they'll hear it. I want to stress only at sort flat tracks, <laughs> not at mile and a half. Because it sucks. Uh, all right. Well, listen, I, I 1,000% agree with you on the Martin Truex uh, thing, and I, I actually... Uh, you know, to me, it's it's Martin Truex, I think, is going to win this. He's got momentum. Or even if you wanted to try Denny Hamill, that's fine. But I'm stepping outside of the box. I'm going to validate your Ford claim here earlier. I'm going to say Brad Kay is going to get another win. He is uh, he's a recent winner here. A couple seasons ago, he won in 2020. He's 22-1 to 1 over on DK to win this race. And really, this is all just kind of leaning on his track history here at Loudoun. Uh, seventh place last year, third. And listen, the seventh place last year, we were telling you how awful Brad Keselowski had been last year. He was one of the worst. He was almost as much as a Chase Briscoe fade for us in that season. There was nothing that made us want Brad Keselowski anywhere uh, in our in our betting cards. But he did finish seventh that season. The season before, in the two car, he finished in third. He won in twenty twenty. 10th place in 2019, he started on the pole in that race. Bad race in 2018, he started in 6th, finished 32nd, but before that, 4th, 9th, 4th, uh, and then won again in 2014. So Brad Keselowski's had some success on this track before, and veteran drivers have a way of doing veteran things. He's coming off a 6th place finish in Atlanta, where he was actually pretty fast, 11th place at Nashville, 16th at Sonoma, fourth at Darlington, eighth at Dover, fifth at Talladega, second in Atlanta, uh, seventh at Fontana. Unfortunately, at Martinsville, not a good day for him. He finished 24th, Gateway 28th. You know, like we said, the two comparable, and if you're watching on YouTube, you see me put all the air quotes on the world, uh, tracks that we've got going on. But all I'm saying is this. Something's got to punch through for this RFK team, right? I mean, they are they are running too well to not punch through for a win. I talked about Busher earlier. Uh, not, I don't think he's going to win this race, but I think he's going to run well, and I think he's going to run well enough to beat Kevin Harvick. But I also think that Brad Keselowski, as the team owner, is starting to assert some dominance in his driving style. I think he's really trying to push for uh, an opportunity to get that six car and his team into winner's circle. So, I, again, this is a great chance for him to do it. He's done it here before, albeit in the two. But still, in that six car, like we said, he was having a horrendous 2022 season. Still pulled that thing into seventh place. Uh, and, and for him, I'm sure he ticked that all, all uh, of the, the day long for him, given what he was going through last season. So, like I said, at 22 to 1, I think it's a great price for somebody who's won within the last three years. And... I, I think it's time. I think it's time for Brad Kozowski to, to get a win. I think it's time for him to lock himself into the lock himself into the playoffs. Uh, and and Dude, uh, what? NBC showing the graphic all day on Sunday, mm -hmm. locked into the playoffs. In. And I'm just 
Does nobody understand how this works? I, no, they whatever. don't, Cody. They don't. <laughs> but yeah, give me Brad Keselowski, twenty-two to one. That Hawaiian bread paint scheme. I hope he has that on his car. I didn't get the chance to see what he's got going, but yeah. uh, love me some Hawaiian bread. Briscoe's paint scheme, by the way, pretty sweet this week. It's like a yes. black and was it like black and gold or something? I don't remember who the sponsor was. I probably should say that, but uh it's a it's a pretty cool sponsor. But I love your Brad K play. God, he's got to have one coming sometime soon, Rod. And the odds are there, twenty-two to one. I like it. Uh, I second this play. Uh, I think that it's it's a good play. Uh, looks like you've got something down here. I I, I don't recognize these three letters. Uh, I Cody, do. what are these? The SRX series rod is back in action Thursday night thunder on ESPN. Just give you a quick rundown. If you don't know what SRX is, if you're an old school NASCAR fan, they had the IROC series back in the day, International Race of Champions. This is very similar. Tony Stewart, Ray Evernham came together, created the series a couple of years ago. They've run two seasons now. The basic premise, they're going to go to six. It's six weeks. I think it might be just the next six weeks in a row. or It's six races, basically, though. Um, and they come in. The series prepares the cars. So there's no no teams. There's no, you know, this guy has a van. This guy has more money. This guy has a sponsorship. No. The series prepares all of the cars. There's crew chiefs that get, I think it's like each crew chief gets three different cars. And it's like a random draw. Like you draw it out of a hat before the race. Boom, you're on these three cars. They get like five laps of practice. They can make some adjustments. There's a couple of heat races. They can make adjustments there within a spectrum. But it's basically they're given the same stock cars of all. They all have the same exact car in a basic manner. Go out there and race and compete. Um, and they pull guys from and gals from all over the place, all different types of racing. Um, and throughout the season, we're going to see lots of different guys. So it's a mixture of current NASCAR Cup Series stars, retired guys, guys that don't race in the Cup Series anymore, guys that are in the Hall of Fame, guys from IndyCar, from uh, everything. And then there's usually a local guy at, at each race that gets selected. You know, they'll have it to win so many races or a track champion or, or whatever that gets to race. And one of the local guys won one of the races last year. It was great. Last season, we saw... Bill Elliott and Chase Elliott in a race together. We saw Ryan Blaney and Dave Blaney in a race together. Uh, in this race, Tony Stewart, he uh, is a he's won a championship. It's his series, but he owns it, right? Uh, so he's he, him, uh, Denny Hamlin, Kevin Harvick, Bobby Labonte, NASCAR Cup Series champion, Hall of Famer, uh, still does a lot of modified racing, stuff like that. Brad Keselowski. Ryan Newman, which we didn't mention, by the way, will be racing in New Hampshire this weekend in the our Rick Ware car. Clint Boyer is going to be in this one. Obviously, you know him from the Fox booth. Retired from NASCAR a couple of years ago. Marco Andretti, last year's champion of the SRX series. Saw him in a truck series race last week. IndyCar background, all kinds of sports cars. Paul Tracy, former IndyCar guy. Tony Kanaan, just retired from IndyCar after the Indy 500. Haley Deegan is running again. And Ken Schrader. Love to see this. I absolutely love Ken Schrader, a Cup Series legend, a racing legend. This guy is not to Kyle Larson's talent, but he races the same number of races Kyle Larson races. He'll jump in anything, anywhere, race it, has a great time, an old-school guy. Love, love, love Kenny Schrader. Um, so these are going to be really fun races, really good. From a betting perspective, I will say it is a gimmick race. They throw cautions. If they feel like the race is getting out of hand, they'll throw cautions just to catch things up. They'll do weird things like that. So 
from a betting perspective, be prepared going into it that that could happen. Um, Tony Stewart is likely going to be the best driver. Uh, he is most weeks. I mean, he's he's ta- he's one of he is Kyle Larson before Kyle Larson was Kyle Larson, basically. Denny Hamlin's getting into this, although Denny didn't go to the test session. And so it's Stewart plus three fifty, Hamlin plus four hundred, and then it goes on from there all the way down to Schrader is plus three thousand, Deegan's plus twenty five hundred. Keep in mind though, as you bet this, these cars are all the same, right? Nobody has an advantage as far as the car goes. It's just the driver and what the driver can do. So if you want to bet on Stewart at plus three fifty, I don't blame you. The two guys I am going to target are uh, I'm going to take Kevin Harvick. Plus 700 because he's Kevin Harvick. Come on. How can you not bet on him, right? We know he's talented. We know he's good. Uh, and we know that he's one of the best in the Cup Series, just adapting week to week, whatever type of track this is. The racing at Stafford Raceway, by the way, uh, I don't have info on what that track is or where it is or anything else. So you'll have to find that yourself. <laughs> but the other guy I'm going to take, plus 800, Mr. Ryan Newman. He won this race last year at this track. For me, that's good enough to want to bet on him again. Eight to one. Uh, we know he's talented. He's been racing a lot of modified stuff. Uh, this is this is his type of racing as well. So, gonna be fun. That's Thursday night on ESPN. Check your local listings for times because I don't have that information either. But uh, I wanted to throw out some SRX bets. It's on Thursday night, so we had to get it in kind of early since this comes out late Tuesday, early Wednesday. Hopefully, you get these bets placed. But uh, definitely tune in. It's gonna be fun. It's great to see all these legends. You get guys like Labani. Get guys like Newman. The, Guys like Boyer come out of the booth. He's not doing a ton of racing anymore. Guys like Ken Schrader that race 8,000 races a year. You get to see the Marco Andretti's. You get to see Tony Stewart's. We don't get to see him often anymore. And they're going against guys like Denny Hamlin, like Kevin Harvick, like Brad Keselowski that we see every week. It's a lot, a lot of fun. Definitely check this series out. Give it a chance. You will enjoy it. I did catch a couple of those races last season. I was just kidding about not knowing. Uh, they, they were definitely fun. Uh, I remember uh, being impressed that Haley Deegan was holding her own to in a few yeah. of those races. So well, and that it just get, it goes to show you somebody like Haley Deegan not being in a you know daddy bought half these trucks and trying to battle at the back with these guys. Like she gets in a race where her and Paul Tracy ended up having a beef at some point. But with all these legends of racing, like. In a way, she's kind of the you know the youngest driver and the the least least experienced, and she still holds her own because she's in good solid equipment just like they are. And you get to see her true racing talent. It's great to get to showcase her and showcase all these other guys. Um, and then I don't know, what we'll to check. I'll tune in the Discord. I'll have to see if there is a a local guy that has earned his way into this race. No odds on who that person may be, but uh, yeah. But it, it's fun to see them. And again, one of them won. I can't, I don't remember who it was or which track, but somebody won one. I mean, comes out and beats Tony Stewart in a race. Like, that's awesome. And those local fans get to see, you know, a guy they watch every week, a guy that's their hero, come out and compete with these guys and, and gals. And it's just everything about it is great. It's a relaxed environment. They'll take extra time. Like, I know one of the races, Bill Elliott had like electrical problems before the race. They ran more pace laps, tried to fix the car because he didn't bring the car. He doesn't own the car. Like, it's a series provided car, right? And they wanted to give him a fair chance to get out there and compete as well. All of that, I think, is great. And uh, and it's a really, really fun series. May have to have a SRX short episode of the of the NASCAR Gambling Podcast yeah. here later Let's on. Let's see if they give us more options. That's the only thing is not a lot of options. Right now, it's just outrights. Just came out today, but the race is already on Thursday. 
Eh. Stay tuned though. If if more uh, if more drop, check out on the Discord. I'll drop some head to head plays for you. All we got to do is take about a minute now. That's the attention span of kids now, right? I'm about a minute. We're good, <laughs> right? Just to got to record a short TikTok video yeah. and you're good, right? Exactly. Uh, all right. Well, get out your pen and paper. Speaking of attention spans, uh, we'll go over <laughs> all of these bets that we have laid out for you for the Crayon Three O One. Cody started you out with Eric Almarola over Daniel Suarez at minus 110 over on Superbook. I gave you Kyle Busch over Kevin Harvick at plus 100. Uh, also, I believe on Superbook. I have to double check. I didn't write that one down. Uh, just check the Discord. Uh, Cody gave you William Byron over Chase Elliott at minus 110. I gave you Chris Buescher over Ryan Priest at minus 125 over on Caesars. Cody gave you Chase Briscoe as a top 10 car at plus 200 on 365 and a top 5 boost at plus 700 over on Caesars. I gave you AJ Allmendinger as a top 10 car at plus 350 on Bet365. Cody gave you Eric Amarola as a top 10 car at plus 140 on Barstool. I gave you Daniel Suarez as a top 10 car at plus 200 on Bet365. Cody gave you Byron to win Group F on Caesars at plus 270 over Bush, Harvick, Elliott, and then winner of Group A, also at plus 600 over Elliott, Truex, Larson, KFB, and Harvick. I gave you Logano as a top five car at plus 220 on Bet365. Cody gave you Truex at 7-1, to one, Byron at 14-1, to one, Briscoe at 80-1 to one, uh, to win the race. I gave you Brad Keselowski at 22-1, to one, and then, of course, uh, Cody also threw in some SRX bets. Harvick at seven to one, Newman at eight to one to win the SRX. So those were your bets for our racing weekend so far. Of course, we will come back tomorrow and give you some of our favorite Xfinity race. No trucks, so just Xfinity this week. Um, and then, of course, that's if odds come out. We may have to put our bonus there is, episode uh, in. There is winning odds and a couple of matchups. So okay. Superbook is. Is getting out there. We'll see. Uh, breaking news. There's a full slate of IndyCar bets on a Tuesday night, Rod. Woo! God, it's crazy. So it might be some IndyCar talk later in the week. Uh, stay tuned. Sounds good to me. So, uh, all right. Well, let's put this one to bed then, and we'll uh, come back tomorrow and hit it hard, however it is, whether it's Xfinity, whether it's Indy. Hell, whether it's more go-kart racing, who cares? We're going to cover it. So, Cody, on the way out, let everybody know where they can find you on social media. Yep, follow me on Twitter, at Husker underscore Z. You can find all my work over there. A uh, ton of stuff going on right now. Busy, busy times. Having a lot of fun. Uh, so check that out. Get in the Discord. It's hopping all the time. Love it. Love all the talk. Half these bets have already been talked about in there because these guys do their research, watching old races, giving out lines, giving out bets they like. Love to see it. Keep it quiet a little bit. Jeez, wait till I get my Chase Briscoe 80 to 1 bet in before you start mentioning, all right? But uh, otherwise, no, it's great. I love it. It's been a great time. So uh, jump in and join the conversation over there. Yes, please do. Follow me on Twitter at RJ Via Gomez. Link in the bottom of everything I got going on, whether it's here in between media on the back road on YouTube, and of course, my articles for frequency's sake. Had a couple of good ones hit on that one as well. So keep an eye out over on my Twitter for links to that. Be back tomorrow with something. We'll figure it out. We'll get it to you. <laughs> Until then, let's go racing and let it ride.